It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show. Brought to you by American Shooting Centers. Guns, shooting, and instruction since 1989. And by Taking Vegas. Over 20 years helping sports investors make better, more informed decisions. Now, here's Doug Pike. All right, Sunday edition of the program starts right now. What a difference a day makes, huh? It's not blowing 40 miles an hour outside. I don't know, I don't know that it got to 40 around here yesterday, 40 miles an hour, but it was... Certainly gusting well into the 30s and a lot of sustained winds in the 20s. What is this I just found? Oh, it's a receipt from last night's dinner. Never mind. Tuck that back in here. I am, um, let's just get started normally. And I promised, I kind of teased Ryan on the way in, say, hey, I got a great wildlife story for you this morning. Um, You want me to tell it now or can I, you want me to do my weather and all that and then finish with it? Yeah, let's finish with it. Let's get the weather okay. going. Yeah, let's get that knocked out. And you, my friend, have a pretty tall hill to climb after Tyler Soto managed to play high-low temperature. I don't. We need a name for that game, and we need a little a lead into it. I think you could work on that. You've done some others for me in the past, and they've worked out very well. So I'll charge you with that one as well. Something to signal the start of this game yesterday. Ryan's total temperature variance from the actual low temperature and actual high temperature was just 14 degrees, which is pretty darn good. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you sound very confident. I think I could do better. I mean, right, I, well, I've been pretty well. hot the last two or three weeks. Well, I don't that's know if true. You noticed. That's true. All right, let's see what you can do. And this one this is not going to be easy for you. You know the kind of weather we had yesterday. You know what that weather brought. And with that, I will just ask you, what do you think currently is the low temperature in the state of Texas? Low temperature is going to be tough. Uh, it's cold here, so it's got to be cold everywhere, right? We're going to go yeah. with uh, 17. Uh-oh. You're in trouble already. You oh, are so. 12 degrees off. The temperature is 5 degrees. Count them 5 in Hemphill. It's 10 in Pampa, uh, 14 in Perryton. But a a blustery five. I don't know. Boy, they're sitting in a freezer up there. Five Ooh. degrees. That is buffalo like temperature. That's yeah, not good. So you're twelve off there. <laughs> You've got two degrees to play with for the for the high temperature currently in the state of Texas. All right. And I'll even tell you where it is. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, there it is, right there. It's in a. I'll tell you. It's in a place where it's been before. 
and it's a coastal town. I'll give you that much of a jump. All right. But you've still got to come up with the number. Let's go with 38. Oh, darn. Ooh. I would love to help you, but you missed that one by eight as well. What? 46 right now. Or 34, Jeez. excuse me, 34. What did you say? 38. Oh, yeah, yeah. You only missed by two. Um, hold on. Let me look back. I no, it four. is 46. Yeah, 46 uh, in Corpus. Man. I, was up, I was up around the Galveston Bay system, and I couldn't find it. Yep, sorry. So you lost 12 there. That's a total of 24. A full 10 degrees. Don't get too... Don't get too self-assured there, sir. That's, too cocky. Yeah, you got you lost one. That's not bad. You're I'll I know Tyler's not up listening to this program right now this morning. He's sleeping in somewhere. Wouldn't you he's not down the hall, is he? No, he's not, but I already think I found a uh something that we can work with on the uh sound drop for high low. I, I think we're gonna call Uh-oh. it high low or something. Let me know when you're ready. Now. There you go. So now we're just going to add something to that. Yeah. yeah, that's a start. That's a start, Ryan. That's a start. So, that's pretty you know, good. Though. It's acapella group yelling oh weather. My gosh, so it's going to be good. Where is that? In some some dusty old folder of of radio sound bites somewhere. Yeah, basically. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be right. good. All right. Well, you lost that, but I'll give you positive. Um, I'll give you bonus points for finding weather. That's great. Now, and I'll tell you what. I will I will tell Tyler next week that you won if you can give me anywhere near the actual dimensions, the depth and the width of the largest snowflake ever recorded. I asked him about that yesterday, too. Oh, geez. Largest snowflake ever recorded depth and width. Uh, we're going to go with 25 feet. 25 I, feet of snowflake? I don't know. Oh my I, God. I have no clue. No, 15 inches. Okay. <laughs> but you were close. Yeah, I was close. Oh, kind of like with the temperatures. And, yeah. and eight inches deep. Yes. Eight inches tall. And that thing probably weighed, what, a quarter of an ounce? I don't know. Okay, it's a snowflake. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, you know. <laughs> 25 feet. 25 oh my feet. God. I so cannot wait for Ryan to get back in here and tell him that. No, that's all right. I wouldn't have known. I, I don't know what I would have guessed. I, I would have not. Actually, I would have guessed smaller. A snowflake, I would have guessed maybe the biggest one ever might have been three or four inches wide and quarter inch, half inch thick, something like that. I couldn't have. I'd have never gotten to something the size of a, a Thanksgiving platter, which is basically what that is. Well, not man, big dinner plate, maybe. For big people, whatever it is. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. The forecast for the next few days, looking great today, as you might suspect. We paid for it yesterday, so we get the reward today. High of 66, goes down to 48 tonight, 74 tomorrow, then a low of only 62. It'll be a an all that'd be a 24-hour air conditioner set right there. You don't have to worry about knocking it back for two days either, because until Wednesday night, Wednesday's high, uh, although it, there's a 40% chance of rain, Wednesday's high is 79, which is a whole lot different from what it's going to be about two days after that, when Friday's high will be 46, then a, a very a, a good chance of a light freeze Friday night, and then we have four or five Good, pretty days, although cool. Highs of 47, 57, 60, 65, and 61, respectively. And not much chance of rain through all of that. It'll be cloudy, 
partly cloudy to mostly sunny somewhere in there. That means more north wind, basically, every time we look at it like that. Yeah, north wind comes back in a couple of days. That's enough weather, huh? I would think. Uh, some some people like me talking about the weather. Some could not care less because I've been told that as well. But that's okay. More of you are saying yes than no to these little brief. And, and these weather updates come more from the perspective of someone who likes the outdoors. I'll get really excited during duck season about cloudy days. I'll get excited about foggy days for the goose hunters. I'll get excited about nice crisp air and no wind for the deer hunters. But the rest of it, just for lying on the couch or going to the mall, who cares what the weather is, really? You're going to go no matter what. 713-212-579. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. I'll go to some uh, some emails later. I'll, so I'll tell you the wildlife story from this morning. I get to work, and there's normally... Nobody moving around in the parking garage, but there standing next to her car on the ground floor was the security guard. And she was pacing and talking on the phone, and I could tell this wasn't just her on her way into a shift or coming off of a shift telling somebody she's on their way home or that she made it there or whatever it is. Something's on her mind, and it's very important, and it's not being resolved. I sat in my car for a couple of minutes just to make sure there wasn't anything going on that was weird or that I needed to be aware of. And then I got out of the car and was walking toward the building. I got all my stuff. Got out of the car, walking toward my building, and she comes walking over toward me. I said, what's up? And my hearing's not what it used to be, and she had her mask on, so I couldn't read her lips or anything. But I, I kind of got like possum, like possum, really? Yeah, are you and now? It, it then it kind of came clear. Are you afraid of possums? Nope. What's up? Well, there's one right over there in the entryway, and he won't leave. So I said, okay, I'll take care of that. That's not a problem. So I go back to the back of my vehicle and extract a golf umbrella. And I'm just going to nudge the little fella out of there. You know, like, come on, man, get out of here. People are trying to go to work. Let's go. So I go over there, and this thing is just, it's just up on all fours, just sitting there, not moving at all, kind of looking around a little bit. And I just barely tapped it with the umbrella. And so help me, Ron, it was like cow tipping. It just fell over, just fell over on its side. And I, I said, I said he's either sick, and then I, in hindsight, might have been just super cold. He could have been just really chilled out for some reason, and maybe just a little bit of sick, a little bit of cold, whatever. So I went back and I said, "Look, and you don't have to worry about this thing bothering you, but you probably ought to call. Maybe just call the city and get them to send somebody out there to move this guy along." And I said, "If you need to get into work, just follow me. You can walk." On the, I'll put myself between you and this this crazed beast. Don't worry. He's not going to bother you. And so we walk back in. I put my umbrella away. We walk back through. And by now, this thing's back up on all fours. But it, it couldn't chase down a tortoise. It, just, it wasn't chasing anything. It wasn't going anywhere. And we just walked around it. And she walked ahead of me. And I said, if I knew you better and... And I knew it wouldn't 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Just scare you too much? I would have reached down and tapped you on the on the calf as we walked by that possum. <laughs> she said, oh Lord, if you'd have done that, I would have just come out of my skin. Oh, uh, <laughs> But yeah, everything's fine. I guess the possum's gone by now. I don't. It, maybe if it warms up, it'll saunter on away. But one way or the other, and it was full grown. This was no baby possum. This was the real deal. Now, the last time I came across, no, the last time I came across something like that was an armadillo on the baseball fields where my son was practicing, and nobody there wanted to do anything about it. They're just watching it, and a couple of the kids are chasing it, and it doesn't know which way to go. And none of them's got the courage to go pick it up. And they all turned to me because I'm the outdoors guy. And I said, fine. So I go down there, grab him and take him back to kind of walk him. I grabbed him by the tail and walked him back toward the um, where the railroad tracks in the woods are and all that. And I'm sure he was not happy to have been a hitchhiker with me and, and been picked up for a ride at, at the first blush but ultimately i'm sure it was better off than what might have happened to it if it had hung around there and somehow seemed threatening to somebody who doesn't know anything about armadillos oh well that's the kind of stuff that happens in the suburbs and even right here in the big city city of houston's got what five six million people in the greater metropolitan area and at least one possum that's for sure and snakes and alligators, we got those too. We got all that. So Buffalo Bio is a fantastically alive body of water, a moving body of water. And the amount of wildlife that runs its banks under cover of darkness probably would shock a lot of people. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. I've always had fun talking about odd animals you've seen whilst just moving about Houston. There are actually deer still within the city limits of Houston, um, within the, the confines of Beltway 8, actually. More deer than you would imagine. But you just have to kind of know where to look for them. You can look for them at the boatyard down on 518 if you wanted to find a possum, a whatever, a rabbit maybe, and a boat, and an outboard motor, and a battery, and some fiberglass work, and all the cool things that come with having a boat. JT and the boatyard crew are excellent at solving problems that other people have told you couldn't be solved you want some electronics put somewhere on your boat and you've already been told no two or three times that you just can't put that there take it down to jt let them scratch their chins and look at it with their eyebrows moving up and down a little bit and then they'll come up with a solution for you they have dakota lithium batteries down there now too twice the power at half the weight they have tohatsu outboards up to 250 horsepower if you're being told by some other manufacturer or some other dealer that's going to take a year, two years to get power, probably not so much so at JT's place down there, the boatyard. On 518 there, you'll also see a nice selection of new Stingray and Piranha Bay boats and a variety, it changes all the time, of boats being brought in there on consignment for sale for people who are wanting to upgrade or downgrade or sideways grade or whatever they want to do. 
Boatyard's a great place. JT and his crew, great people. Go check them out. Eaglesboatyard.com. That's the website. Eaglesboatyard.com. This is Sports Talk 790. Breaking sports news on Facebook 24-7. We'll get that information to them. This is the Doug Pike Show. Benatar, huh? Nothing wrong. Yeah. I had a little crush on Pat Benatar for a while. He's kind of cute. Did you know, here's a pop quiz for you, a, a musical pop quiz. Did you know that Pat Benatar's vocal training, her her actual vocal education, was to prepare her for operatic singing? I did not know that, but yes, I've indeed. actually heard that for a few singers. Yeah, yeah, she was she was full blown opera until she looked at how much opera singers get paid. Exactly. Somebody said, "You know what? We can put you on a stage and and let you sing rock and roll, and you can make a bunch more money." And she did. She did very well. A great singer, clearly. Great singer, no doubt. Let's uh, let's go talk to Rick. What's up, Rick? I want to comment on your possum adventure. Yeah, it was it was it was short lived, but it was fun, and it, I just I needed something like that to kickstart my day. Honestly, that was kind of cool. So, what do you think? Well, I know you've heard this. You've heard of playing possum. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what he was doing was playing possum. <sighs> yeah, but why when there was nobody around him? That he she said that thing had been there standing, just standing there, staring into space for 10, 15 minutes. And she couldn't get it. It was 720 or something, and she was trying to get in for a seven o'clock shift, and she was scared to go past that thing for that long. When you poked him. That's what did it. Well, yeah, kind yeah. Like it, going it, boo to a fainting goat. You know, you walk up to a fainting goat, go boo, he tips over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but he was just playing possum. He was probably found him a garbage can somewhere. He was looking. Yeah, he was actually. He wasn't far from a garbage can, but not one that he could have gotten into. That that he couldn't have done. Not you can't climb up the sides of these things. But he may have smelled it, and that might have brought him out. But anyway, I, he was lost, and I'll bet you he'll be gone when I go back down there at noon or whenever I get out of here today. Yeah, quick play weather possum. report. Quick weather report. Not a cloud in the sky, obviously. Yes, sir. Uh, I hit a 32 this morning. Uh, currently, it's 37. Out northwest of here uh, somewhere? Yeah, I went up between... Uh, Caldwell, Milano, a little community called Christmas. I've been out checking yeah. some some ranch for sale signs and see if they're still in the same county after the blow yesterday. <laughs> really, man? I'll bet. I got a, I got a pretty dang good sign. Uh, I have a pretty good sign, man. And yeah. uh, his name is Rick Bice, if you've never heard of him. Yeah. So I only had one that really took a brunt of it, and it, it, it was leaning a little bit. I, I'm. I have a problem with a something with my name on it that's crooked. Yeah, I got you. So anyway, now I've already made the loop. I'm fixing to go watch my ducks again. All right, partner, we'll go watch your ducks. Good luck to you. All right, take care. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I've got an email here from a, a trusted source, a veterinarian, says probably rabies, probably rabies. I wondered about that. I really did. I wondered, and I actually mentioned that to her. I, look, this thing's either sick or cold, or as Ryan and, and Rick and I all postulated, playing dead. But normally... <clears throat> If I had walked up to that possum under any other circumstances anywhere else, I would imagine it would have taken off running or maybe at least scowled at me and, and snarled at me. I don't know. Let me see what's on Dave's mind. What's up, Dave? Yeah, Doug, real quickly, dovetail into your possum story. I have a cousin, and as we like to say about people, bless her heart. Oh, gosh. I know what that called, means. <laughs> she once called the fire department to report a toxic spill that turned out to be nothing more than a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah bless her heart and, and in that oh. same category and this, and this might be a good topic you know things that have happened to you that nobody would believe sure a friend of mine called me just yesterday and this has an outdoor flair to it took his christmas tree to the lake house to sink it yeah and had drug it over to the side of his house he said he had it between his trailer and the side of his house okay gets in the truck goes to uh goes to the goes into town to Get a few, uh, get some, fill up some gas, you know, cans of gas. Comes back and the tree is gone. Golly, <laughs> holy cow! <laughs> the crappie fishermen are on patrol, man. They they got their eyes open. Yeah, wow. can you believe? It? Well, you know, and, and maybe you, <laughs> maybe you can run that. I've got a friend, neighbor. I've told him. About, I've got a neighbor's got two big trees over, there, but they're flocked, and he didn't want to mess with the flocking. Maybe that's something you can. You can run with in terms of sinking Christmas trees, but I didn't know Christmas tree old Christmas trees were in such. What a premium! Know. Yeah, well, everything else is in shortage. I guess maybe old Christmas trees are as well. Thanks for the call. That's nuts, David. Holy cow, man! Thanks, buddy. I'll see you. All right, Doc. What's the story on the possum? Well, for for rabies to be transmitted, it's it's in the saliva of the rabies carrier. Right. And one of the one of the problems is if you get bitten, you have to survive long enough because oh. these uh, neurologic viruses take a long time to develop. And so prey animals typically don't live long enough to, to develop rabies. So that might be a concern about the possum. Okay. But uh, last week I came home and uh, saw a big raccoon walking around in the pasture. And I just watched him a little bit, left him alone. And then about three days later, I seen him again, and so I thought I'd just stalk him a little bit, and I got it on video. And I snuck up on him, and in, and I thought he was a little wobbly, and so instead of, I tried to scare him, and so instead of him running away, he started walking to me. Oh, well, yeah, that's not a good sign. You have abnormal behavior in a wild animal. you got to be suspect. Of Absolutely. It. And by the way, the best preventative treatment for a bite wound for rabies is immediately soap and water. Yeah. The virus is, is very liable. It, it, it's easily inactivated. You know, that's interesting so, you say that because it's a very, that's the exact same instruction that you get if you feel like you may have gotten a Vibrio vulnificus infection as well. Good old-fashioned soap and water is a handy thing to have around, isn't it? One of the uh, the probably most significant advancement in preventative medicine in the history of the human being is soap and water. And you, and people just ignore it. They, it's right there, readily available, almost anywhere. I, what I tell people to do on their boats is carry a jug of a jug of water, a gallon jug of water, 
and then yeah. duct tape a squeeze bottle of just pump soap onto the side of that thing. Yeah, dial antibacterial soap. Exactly. Bam, and do that, hey, uh, and you'll be okay. Yes, sir. Well, I know you got a break coming up. I got That's a good right. friend's orthopedic surgeon, and years ago, I got pretty bad bite, and I kind of ignored it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, my technician called this orthopedic surgery friend of mine. Next thing I know, he's right there. He said, come on, you're going to the hospital. Wow. And so he told me about a fellow in Galveston, got a catfish spine. Mm-hmm. Twelve hours later, they did a four-quarter amputation. Oh, my God. Twelve hours later. And that's Ooh. how bad that Vibrio can get. Yeah, it, it moves fast. Yeah. A veterinarian friend yeah. of mine was in the same shape. Didn't didn't go down that fast, but he, he, he had... His, he lost his first leg, I want to say, like 36 hours in, second one very shortly after, and within wow. eight or nine days, he died. They could not stop it. They could not stop it's, it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a booger. Yeah. not Listen here. All right, man. Well, thanks a bunch, Doc. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. You yes, bet. sir. Bye-bye. Got all kinds of doctors listening. Veterinarians are good things to have around when you're talking about wild animals and tame animals and pet animals and keeping them all safe from each other, basically. All right, let's let's take a shot at getting a break started on time. It's 2022. Maybe we can rack up a few. What do you think, Ryan? I'll try. Sounds like a plan. I'm a trying. American Shooting Centers out there on Westheimer Parkway, about, I don't know, closer to Highway 6 than Katy, but along that same road. You can't miss it. There's these big, giant berms out there which denote the the rifle shooting ranges all the way out to 600 yards, which is a fascinating thing. It's the largest, and that's part of it. I think it's, they're on three, four, five hundred acres, something like that. It's a huge place. The largest non-military shooting facility in the state. 200 stations, as I mentioned. You've got three sporting clays courses to choose from. You've got rifle and pistol. You've got all the shotgun disciplines, three I've got, uh, I think there are eight or ten trapid skeet fields. There's five stand. There's a, a beginner's area for wing shooting, which is perfect if you want to get somebody started hitting flying moving targets. And it's all there just waiting for you. It's kind of like an amusement park for shooting enthusiasts. Also, though, different from an amusement park, you have a very safe environment in which, well, most of them are semi-safe, I guess, but a safe environment in which to learn how to shoot, a safe environment in which to shoot, because the range officers are always out there along that rifle and pistol range, making sure that everybody is is playing by the rules so that nobody gets hurt. Oh, and there's a cool little rimfire pop-up range, pop-up silhouettes of rabbits and squirrels and such that go out to, I want to say, either 200 or 250 yards. The closest ones, I think, maybe 30 yards. And it's a lot of fun to get a youngster excited about shooting or just test your shooting skills on good, fun, clean shooting. Get some instruction if you're not hitting the target as much as you want to. Not breaking as many of those clays as you want to. There's plenty of that out there. There's ammo. There's fine guns for sale. It's a really fun, safe place to enjoy the shooting sports. AmericanShootingCenters.com. That's the website. AmericanShootingCenters.com. 
We are Sports Talk 790. Are you ready? Listen online at sports790.com. Now, more Doug Pike. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. Down in the hollow. Playing a new game. Laughing. 35. I'm in here lip syncing that song. I was, I was singing it until I pushed my mic button. I don't want to scare Ryan. I don't think I'm that bad. Who knows? Now you're a great singer, and I've yeah, got a sure. theme going on today uh, oh, with today's music. I'll see if you can guess it throughout oh, the show. Okay. There's a theme. There's a reason I'm playing the songs I'm playing. I'm making a note now, brown-eyed girl. Uh, but throw out Pat Benatar. That was just because. That was just for you. Yeah, that it? was just, yeah. That's the first <laughs> song I found. I was like, it's a good song. But uh, from here on out, there is a theme. Okay, so we got that. All right, we'll move on. So back to this wildlife observation around Houston, okay? I get a fantastic email from Larry and Larry is going to be setting the bar for those of you who think, oh, I've lived in Houston for 5, 10, 20 years. I've never seen any wild animals around here. Larry does a little hiking and biking around that long White Oak Bio, okay, around 43rd and T.C. Jester, somewhere in there. And on his short list of what he has seen over there, two beavers, coyotes, Eagles, a coral snake. It says snakes. Who knows how many? Many possums, raccoons, and believe it or not, a wild turkey. I do believe it. I have no doubt in my mind. I'm quite surprised, actually, Larry, that you don't have wild hog on that list. Because along Buffalo Bio, even as recently as... Just maybe, a hand, I would say within the last decade, I know, uh, there used to be quite a few hogs running up and down Buffalo Bio. Enough so that the Arboretum had to bring in a trapper to deal with them and to get them off its property. I have talked to people, uh, who I think it was Joe Doggett actually, who lived down that way and traveled down and back on Memorial past the park regularly and once told me he there was a big dead pig on the side of the road when he was going in going into the newspaper one morning it's all here i got called by a game warden friend of mine years ago who said hey man we're going over to this place to get a doe out of a a work yard there was a big just a chain link a six foot chain link fence around this big work yard and somebody had called to report that there was a deer inside there that couldn't get out. And it was running around. She was running around, banging her head into the fence. And the, the guys were out there. The people who worked there were trying to chase her back to the hole in the fence where she'd come through. And she'd just blow right by there. And uh, I met the game wardens out there. I let them do their work. I was kind of a I was kind of a, a guard for one little escape route. And that was about it. I didn't I didn't do anything else. But they very gently moved that animal back to where it could get out of there. It tried to jump over the fence a couple of times. It was just, it was sad to watch this poor animal scared to death that it was being threatened when all we were trying to do was get it to just get out through the fence again the same way it came in and then go back into the wooded area right across the street. 
that was out. I want to say it was out I-10 and inside Beltway 8. Now, this was 15, 18, maybe 20 years ago. But nonetheless, that's not that long ago. Houston wasn't that different then. But yeah, there were just enough, just enough acreage that hadn't been yet developed to make it work. Let's go talk to Bob, and then we'll get to Dave. What's up, Bob? Real quick, Doug. I have a Take question for you. Yesterday, I live out in the country. Yes, sir. I saw what I thought was a black bobcat. Is that possible? I think anything's possible. You've got you've got both the full coloration that that black totally blacked out animal, and then you've got albinism in almost every species. Uh, so that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it, it possibly could have been something else, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't just challenge you if you told me that. No, I'd say that's a very unusual, unique sighting. That, you know, just next time have your phone ready and get a picture. But that's pretty well, interesting. How yeah, big a cat was driving. it? Yeah, I wasn't driving. It had the short tail, had the ears, you know, the pointed wow. ears and everything. Very and it cool. was the size. But where I was at, there's no houses, so there wasn't any right. feral cats or anything. Well, yeah. there could have been. Could have been, but, but yeah, but that bobtail, the bobtail's yeah. a dead giveaway right there. That not too many people. I can't think that there's a whole lot of feral cats out there with bobtails and pointy ears. You know, that's uh, there's cool. one around my house, but no, <laughs> I just wondered because I've seen a lot of bobcats. And yeah, that's the first one I've seen, and I just wonder if cool. any other listeners. If you other listeners have seen one, I haven't seen one, and I don't know anybody who's told me they saw one. But that does not mean that there wasn't one where you were. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd, I'd believe that one. Thanks, Bob. Okay, then I'll, right. I'll believe it too. Then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Carry it with you, man. That's Thanks, a good Doug. one. We'll see you. All right. Hey, Dave. What's up, man? Hey, this is Doug. Hey, we're heading. Well, I'm seeing downtown Houston right now. We're heading back from Texas City. It's beautiful out see here. See any man. bobcats down there? No, but. Hey, I tell you what, all that soap and water, hydroxide, yeah. alcohol, and my mom always said, "Camp over me, you know." Yeah, but, uh, yeah Doctor Nate. Hey, uh, but yeah, no, we didn't see. But hey, I did make two casts. If you look on my Facebook page, my girlfriend was filming me. My pants look like they're fixing to blow off of me. I oh my gosh! Casts. This morning, Got even two hits right there on the Texas City dock yesterday yeah. morning. Oh, yesterday. Okay, and, uh, yeah, it was right blowing there, forty. Yeah, yesterday morning. Oh, and that's what I was going to tell you. You ever done that parasailing? No, I'm I'm too old for it now. It wasn't available yeah, I when I was young and crazy. I did some hang gliding, but not parasailing, though. Well, they had about six of them out there. They were all in wetsuits and all that. I'm sure. And they go like 35 feet, 40, 50 feet in the air, and I can't do that. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, but uh, yeah, as far as wildlife, you know, I'm right there in between Tittle and Parker on 45 in Houston, and I've seen, you know, Mama raccoon with five coons yeah, going sure. down into the sewer and possums and thank God I ain't seen no skunks. But yeah. real quick, when we when we checked into the hotel last night, there was a gentleman there that they just got off a cruise ship, and I started thinking, you know what? Uh, if if the only re- the only re- the way I'd go on a cruise ship was, and this is kind of my idea, if they had a tank in there that they stocked some fish in, because, you know, it's too far down to fish. No, you know and what then, I want? If, I, if I'm going to get on a cruise ship again, what it's going to have to have on the back deck is a fighting chair and a couple of rod holders. And <laughs> we're going to troll. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to troll all the way man. across the ocean, man, and I'll sit in that chair the whole time. I'm ready. I guarantee okay, you those things are drawing fish. All right, man, i got to run. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Mr. Doug. You Appreciate bet. I'll it. see you. Right. Adios. 
right. What wildlife have you seen? When we get back, I'm going to tell you about the the email that Matthew sent. And he's already defending a sighting that he had because I'm sure other people have told him he's crazy. I'm going to tell him right now, you're not crazy. You probably did see what you saw. But just because nobody else sees it doesn't mean you didn't see it. We'll talk about that. I've, I've seen the things I've seen, and, and, and I know in my mind, I've, I've been out long enough to know that what I saw is what I saw. I've ruled out everything else it probably could have been. We'll talk about some of that when we get back. All right, a little bit about federal maintenance services on the way out of here. This is Tim Garcia and his crew. I, I guarantee you, Tim Garcia has seen some wild things outdoors. He spends a ton of time bow hunting, and as a bow hunter myself, for a long, long time, an avid bow hunter for a long time. Been a little while since I let go of the string. But I loved it because you did more observing than anything else. That deer's got to be very close for a bow shot. So you spend a lot of time watching while deer start well within rifle range and finally, maybe, hopefully, come close. He's seen plenty. What he does when he's not up a bow stand, up a tree in a bow stand somewhere is take care of businesses and their maintenance needs, hence the name Federal Maintenance Services. The Federal, I think, comes along as kind of a, a tribute to his service in the U.S. Navy. This He's a dedicated, devoted Navy man, proud of his service. I'm happy to know him. And one of the things I like that he brought to this business was this promise that's written right on the side of the trucks, where a handshake still means something. If he or anybody who works for him tells you they'll get something done, plumbing, electrical, fences, sweeping parking lots, complete tenant build-outs all the way down to chipping the gum off a sidewalk somewhere, it's going to get done. It's going to get done right. You can trust that work to Tim Garcia and Federal Maintenance Services so you and your employees can keep doing what you're supposed to be doing to make that business run smoothly and to make it generate revenue for you. Federal Maintenance Services, where a handshake still means something. FMSTEX.com. FMSTEX.com. We are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with an iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more, Doug. Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. All right, help me out. Ryan's got me got me trying to figure out what his theme is, and so far the two titles. Well, it is titles, I hope. But don't uh, tell me it's like the the, so there's the a, artist's it's, it's uncle. An, no, it's got nothing to do with necessarily oh. the titles of the song or the artist. It's an okay. overall theme. Oh, okay. For, for this music. Thing. And I'm playing it from a specific playlist. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. I may need one more to narrow it down. Have you ever heard of a game called Wordle? That's something Tyler... Yeah, I've never heard of that. What's that? It's a a word game. You get... It's a five-letter word, and you type in a five-letter word, and it'll tell you if you have any of the letters in their word, their daily word, correct, and if they're in the right position. You have six chances to get the word. And he and I both, going in totally different directions yesterday, got it in three try on the third try. So okay, I've accepted that challenge. Yeah, this I'll, challenge is similar to like a $100,000 pyramid question, if you're familiar with that show. 
You remember that old game show? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is one of those. It's similar. Something like that. It, would, it could be a category. It could be a category. Things that go bump in the night, whatever. There you go. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. All right, so Matthew sends me this email. And, oh, by the way, what very quickly, was it, was it Bob who saw the Bobcat? I believe so. That would make sense. Bob's Bobcat. Bob the Bobcat. Uh, whoever, I think it was you, Bob, but yeah, whoever it was, Ryan did some research while we were talking, and guess what he found? Go ahead, Ryan. So there are black bobcats. They do exist, and apparently they are very rare, and there's only been around 20 sightings of black bobcats. And as I pointed out, now 21. Now 21. Apparently the last reported one was in Vermont. Well, wow, they've expanded their range, haven't they? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, we've got a bunch of bobcats. It would only seem logical that as more people spend more time outdoors... They're going to see things. And if you want to see wildlife, you're not going to see, unless you want to watch Disney cartoons and stuff, you're not going to see it from your couch. Go outside, go to a park, start with something simple, like, oh, I'm just going to go see how many different bird species I can see today. I'm going to go see if I can find, see how many turtles are in the pond where I, I walk past every day on my walk around the park. Just make it easy on yourself. And the more you learn to watch for unusual movement, watch for unusual shapes, the more you'll see. Matthew weighs in. I live in Katy, writes Matthew. I've seen deer, coyotes, hogs, and I swear a big cat in Cullen Park. I don't doubt it at all. I don't doubt it. And I guarantee you, Matthew has had to tell 100 people, yeah, I really did see it. And they're going, nah, no, you didn't. What were you drinking? No, you didn't. How dark was it? No, you didn't. But you probably did. And you probably were the only person really paying attention. And you probably couldn't holler and say, hey, everybody, look, there's a big cat. Because by the time you could have done that, if it saw you looking at it, it was gone. Big cats don't like to be pointed out. Big cats don't like to be out in the open. They make their living by being so stealthful that they can sneak up on big prey animals and take them down. A mountain lion, here's a fun fact for you to know and tell, Ryan. A mountain lion, pretty good jumper, you think, right? Guess what a mountain lion can just stand flat-footed and jump onto? Uh, I was just trying to guess their vertical. I'm guessing they got a 40-inch vertical or something. What, no, what can they jump onto? They can jump onto... A second-story apartment ledge. Holy cow. Just straight up. About 10, 11 feet, something like that. Or about 10 feet. Boing! Just from a standing start. Not run and jump. Not, like, leave the ground at the free-throw line. And Yeah, if, if a mountain lion were a basketball player and it could, it wouldn't puncture the ball to for it to palm it, I guess that would kind of ruin the game, wouldn't it? But if there was a ball that they could hold, they could just stand there flat-footed and dunk it, and it'd do a somersault and dunk it if you could teach one without it killing you. Yeah, there you go. That's a mountain lion for you. I've seen one mountain lion in the wild. Actually, two. Well, one, we, one was during a hunt down in um, Argentina with my friend Robbie Granger. I was on a magazine assignment to cover that hunt and several others. While I was down there, fascinating country, by the way, and amazing, as everybody who even knows anything about that area knows, amazing dove hunting. But we were down there specifically on a big game hunt. We did a dove hunt kind of on the side, just for something to do one afternoon, and 
even with a shotgun, a borrowed shotgun that was beating my chin horribly every time I pulled the trigger, I still went through, I want to say, about a half a case of shells in two hours, something like that, or less than that, about an hour, hour and a half. But I digress. So let me go to Dennis here. Let's see what he see. Dennis. Yeah, about the only thing Dennis says he hasn't seen around here is a cougar, a mountain lion. I don't know that. I, I think the mountain lions are, are gone from inside Beltway 8. But as you get a little farther and a little farther out of town, out of development, and probably have to go beyond the Katy Prairie now. It's so developed. But it would not surprise me at all if there were big cats somewhere still out there. Now, their ranges are very big. That's something else about the big cats. Their ranges are so large that you're not going to... The odds of seeing one are extremely rare no matter what because there just aren't that many of them even where there are lots of them. Out in the mountains out west in California, in Colorado, in Utah, all of that big mountain country there are cats there are big cats and actually california is dealing with issues of overpopulation in in many parts of that state still because they shut down hunting on them and the uh, the cats are far outpacing in population the prey that's available to them so they're starting to pick on more house pets and stuff like that and thank god not many people but there have been attacks out that way Sidebar. Uh, Anyway, the long and the short of it is, if you go in the woods often enough and you know where to look and what you're looking for, you can go find a lot of these animals, especially the snakes. If 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 you're fascinated by snakes, as I was as a younger man and a kid... Uh, If you know where to go look for them, you'll find them. There's no question about it. Now, you might not find the one you're looking for, but that makes it all the better when you keep finding different ones. My son's already had relatively, well, one too close encounter with a big cotton mouth. He had set his rod and reel down. I've told this story before. I'll tell it really again. uh, Tell it again really quickly. The shortest version. He put his rod and reel down as a very young kid, maybe five years old. Tops probably, maybe six at the time. Probably six, holding a little push-button rod and reel, I'd say. And he was goofing around, just being a kid. I was walking the bank throwing bass lures, and he bored with throwing his worm for a few minutes. So he's just kind of running in circles and burning off steam. And when he went back to pick up his rod and reel, he froze and just said, snake. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, he said that to me a couple of times as I was walking along to keep me from stepping on one. And this time, it was he who just locked up like a, like a pointing dog on a quail. And he didn't move, which is what I've told him to do. Just be still and, and let me come over there and deal with it. And probably four, I'll give it four feet from him, not three feet. It wasn't that close. But within four feet of him was 
a big, legitimate, fat cottonmouth. Now, I'm not going to tell you it was longer than it actually was because they don't get very big anyway. But this was it was the real deal, and it, his rod and reels was between him and the snake. He just never even saw it when he put his rod and reel down. And so I went over there and got in behind him. The snake was not acting aggressive. It was just kind of it was looking at us, but it wasn't ready to hurt anybody. So I just kind of grabbed him by the wrist and you know one two three jump, and he jumped out of the way. And then I went over and used my rod and reel to lift his rod and reel out from close to that snake and we got away from there and but yeah he was very observant and that that could have very well cost him or kept him from saved him from being bitten and really changing the course of that afternoon after that i kind of nudged that snake and got him back in the water where he belonged a lot of people who would come across something like that would would have no trouble at all just running home and getting a shovel and killing it but i, I don't like to kill snakes unless they're in my yard and threatening my my son or if if i had a dog or a cat running around back there or whatever kind of animal i might have had i'd i'd think twice about leaving a venomous snake back there but normally snakes aren't going to do anything they're just passing through unless you're raising mice in the backyard then you might have an issue one place that you probably won't see a snake this time of year is timber creek golf club but you will find 27 beautiful golf holes down there not as windy as it was yesterday, a little cool. You're going to have to add one club length to your iron shots probably and get down there and play a little golf today. We didn't get much rain yesterday, really. The course ought to be in pretty good shape. The wind is down. You could go down there and have a great time. Get yourself a little something to eat, maybe get some lessons from David Pilsner and his crew over in the, the academy down at Timber Creek Golf Club, or go down there and find out about a tournament you want to throw next spring when the weather's nice again. Timber Creek Golf Club's been down there a long time. I played it. I played it with my son. I played it for the review we did for the paper many, many years ago. Went down there and played twice. We went down, enjoyed it, wanted to go back. We went down and played it again just to make sure we were having as much fun as we thought we were. You'll have the same experience down there, I promise you. They're on FM 2351, a few miles west of the Gulf Freeway, TimberCreekGolfClub.com. That's TimberCreekGolfClub.com. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by American Shooting Centers. Guns, shooting, and instruction since 1989. And by Taking Vegas. Over 20 years helping sports investors make better, more informed decisions. Now, here's Doug Pike. 902 on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Uh, The Guardians, really? Uh, Ryan was telling me that is... um, Cleveland's new baseball team name. And then I believe the Washington football team is down to three potential names. There there was a story last week that said maybe that somebody had slipped and and let let fly the actual new name that's coming out, but the team was quick to announce that, no, we we haven't made any decision yet, even though they probably have. Um, And the reason that we haven't seen any stories, Ryan pointed out on the the Cincinnati thing or the uh, Cleveland thing is because baseball's in lockdown and I guess they're probably not supposed to do anything or say anything or just there's just supposed to be completely quiet on news as well about these things until they figure all that out oh well doesn't bother me in the least because I would much prefer to talk about being outdoors I would much prefer to talk about fishing and all of that good stuff i no, I'm not going to go down that road. Do you want to hear some of the projected team names just for fun? For Washington? Yeah. 
Oh, uh, sure. The Admirals. The brig- I, that, that's the one I think that they say is going to be it. Yeah, and that's probably the best because they've got the Brigade, the no. Commanders, the no. Defenders. The what? Wait, what was this one after Brigade? Uh, commanders. Oh, eh. Defenders, Presidents, the Washington Presidents. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's most of them. So hopefully they just go with the Admirals. I mean, honestly, the football team's been working out for them, but you know they're going to do whatever they want to do. More money on uniforms to sell. Every time they change, it's it's a new uniform somebody's got to go buy. Every time they change personnel. Who is that guy? Is it Randy Moss who took his uniform off and walked off? Uh, it was Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, yeah. yeah. He ran out on the Buccaneers. Yes, he did, and they ran him out. Yep, he went out. After. There was photos of him in the street shortly afterward catching an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh well, I very before we go back to wildlife. I, no, let's do this. Let's go to the PGA Tours website and see if they have fixed since yesterday the Sony Open leaderboard. And thank goodness they have, because wasn't it awkward yesterday when I said let's take a look at that thing, and it popped up a little notification that the site was down. That wasn't helpful at all. PGAtour.com made me look kind of foolish. Uh, as if I don't have enough ease at doing that all by myself. This one, it even is boasting that it was updated just 31 seconds ago, even though there's nobody on the golf course for probably several more hours. Through three rounds of competition now, Russell Henley is at 18 under par, Hideki Matsuyama at 16, Adam Svensson, Seamus Power, Matt Kuchar, Still grinding. And Hao Tung Lee, all at 14 under par. Got a couple of 13s. That's Lucas Glover and Kevin Kisner. Then Russell Knox and Cam Davis at 12. It goes on and on and on from there. There's a log jam at 11. I won't read all of those. It would take too long. The bottom line is, if you look at the guys who are leading this tournament, and I heard some discussion about this this morning, a couple of things golf-related that I want to get into. First of all, this leaderboard is is filled with people whose games are notably different. There are long hitters. There are short hitters. There are great putters and so-so putters. There are great short game people and so-so short game people. And it just proves once again that golf is a very individual thing, no matter how many uh, YouTube videos you watch, no matter how many instructional Things pop onto TV, little gadgets and gizmos that you can buy so your swing can be the exact same as everybody else's swing. Golf isn't about having the perfect swing. Golf is about putting the ball in the hole. And no matter how you do that, Lee Trevino, Jim Furyk, all these different guys with different swings, up to the the most elite among them now, you've got... John Rahm at the top. Roy McIlroy's name comes to mind. McIlroy and, pick one, Bubba Watson. Totally different games. Totally different swings. But successful nonetheless. And that's something I'm trying to encourage my son to do is get instruction. Get instruction as much as you can. Absorb as much as you can from the best teachers you can. And make notes about it so you can go back to it. But I'm still going to let him kind of find his own way, his own little go-to fallback 
hint and tip to himself that works for him. And one of the ways that was explained was in distance. And as much as everybody wants more distance on their tee shots now, the way to get it isn't just to stand there and swing harder and harder and harder because what that does, it was explained very well this morning, and I want to I want to spend a minute or two on this at least because I've lost I've lost probably 15 well 17 miles an hour off my driver clubhead speed since I was strongest and as fast as I could swing it. I'm hover I'm right at 100 now. And I'm very happy to have that that speed now. High 90s, cap 100 if I really put one in there. And I get the ball down there far enough to, to keep me happy. But what they were pointing out is that if I wanted to go get more speed, the first thing I would probably have to do, and the first thing almost every golfer has to do to avoid injury ultimately is to strengthen their bodies. Because if you make a super hard swing on a fragile frame, no matter how fast you think you can swing that golf club, if it's out of control and your muscles can't respond to what they're being asked to do, you're going to pull something, you're going to tear something, you're going to strain something, you're going to break something, and then you're just going to be out of the game for a while. It makes perfect sense. And if you look at the guys who have the highest clubhead speeds, they may not be the they may not look like bodybuilders, and that that probably would not serve them well to look like uh, heavyweight bodybuilders. But they will be people who who put themselves through a regular workout routine every day or every weekend or whatever. They're they're putting effort into making sure their body can take. Whatever move they want to make that's going to get them one or two more miles of clubhead miles an hour of clubhead speed, that makes sense, Ryan. I mean, am I? Yes, it does. Easy to follow. I could probably swing harder than I do, but I know in the condition I am in currently, which isn't horrible according to my my doctors, the condition I'm in wouldn't support that much strain. For very long, and I can feel it sometimes. I've got a shoulder issue right now that I, I don't know where this one came from, but every now and then, if I go back too far with my right shoulder, I'm left-handed, so it's my lead shoulder. If I turn the shoulder too far without rotating my hips and waist along with it, there's a, a point at which, and this only happens maybe, maybe once or twice now every. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every few rounds. It doesn't even happen once a round. It's more likely to happen on the practice range as I'm loosening up. And now I specifically loosen that one shoulder so it doesn't happen. And it's just a reminder that I'm not turning my waist enough. Now, if I had a stronger core and if I could turn that waist a little more easily, I probably wouldn't even have that shoulder issue. 
these things all compound themselves, and the last thing you want is to to really have a a major physical blowout, especially at my age. Now, if you're if you're as young as my son, if you're in your teens or twenties or thirties, remembering my teens, twenties, and thirties, swing all you want, swing as hard as you want, and see what happens. But man, the older we get as golfers, the more we got to rely on smarts and and taking care of ourselves to get us out of jams. I I wish I wish I had the same swing I had 25 years ago. It would be fun to see how far the ball would go. I was I would, I'm not a long drive champion. I never would be. I'm not that big and I'm not that strong. Those guys are strong. There was one golfer, I can't remember who it was they were talking about this morning who talked about his workout regimen and what he was trying to do. He said, I'm not trying to be the biggest, strongest guy out there. Gosh, I wish I could remember who it is because I'd, I'd look at a picture and you could probably see it. He said, I'm not trying to look like a, a muscle man. I'm not trying to look all bulked up and, and puffed up and all that. I just want to look like like you'd want to look if you were at the beach or you're just walking through the mall. That was his example. I just want to look good walking through the mall. And it makes sense. Most guys could probably relate to that more than they could relate to looking like, what is his name? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. That guy invested a million hours into that shape that he has. Uh, I don't have that kind of time. And that's that's not my goal. I just want to I just want to look like I could like I could run a mile and I could pick up a couple of buckets of something heavy. I had to pick some heavy stuff up yesterday and I strained my back. Such an old man. It's going away, but it still is not fun when it happens. Got to use your legs, Doug. <sighs> yes, I do. Oh, I, I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, we did uh, We did some, some mulch work, my son and I. I'm trying to get him out there doing stuff instead of just not doing stuff. Yeah, we did some mulch work recently, and he learned some of that. He said, man, these things are heavy. I said, bend down and use your legs. Your legs are big, strong muscles. Your legs and your backside. Those are the strongest muscles, the biggest muscles in your body. Use them and just use the use your arms and your shoulders to hang on to whatever it is you're getting off the ground. All right, Shooter's Corner. If you need some ammo, if you need a new gun, if you need uh, targets, optics, shooting supplies, camo, pretty much you see the theme developing here. If it is related to the shooting sports or to shooting competitively or any other way you enjoy using your firearms, legally then that's where you need to go palmer highway at 29th street down there in texas city been there 40 plus years now family owned and operated by the tk family that's jerry and jay mostly in the store got a few more guys who work down there with them who are excellent also at helping you get exactly what you need to enjoy shooting however you want to enjoy it all you got to do is go. They've got a good selection of ammo right now, and most of the calibers, if you shoot something kind of specialty and unique, a boutique caliber as they call them, make sure you give a call first before you go down there. But I'm pretty sure they can either hand it to you over the counter or let you know they can get it in a day or two. TheshootersCornerTX.com's website. If you wear a badge for a living, you get a discount down there, which is very, very nice. They can handle just about any gunsmithing option and problem and whatever it is you have right now too i need i've got a gun i need to get down there again another one i got to get down to them and let them take care of it the shooters corner tx.com the shooters corner tx.com this is sports talk 790 houston sports online at sports 790.com back back to the doug pike show where it began 
I can't begin to know it, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer. I'm getting more and more confused by your challenge for me to figure out the theme to these songs. You're overthinking it. Where do we hear Probably. these songs at? And Where do we hear them? Touching yeah, all these songs. Dating the ring, theme. maybe. No. Reaching out. Yeah, not the prom. Close. Oh, man. Remember, think $100,000 pyramid. All these songs. Songs you hear at a... Oh, my God. Not a wedding. Yep. No, those are not wedding songs. Yes, they are. Brown-Eyed Girl. Well, I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah you could play Brown-Eyed Brown Girl. Brown-Eyed Girl, Dancing Queen, Sweet Caroline. These are all fun songs you would hear at a wedding. This is literally a wedding playlist. Wow. And I was a wedding DJ for three years. Okay. I'll you, bite, yeah, I'll bite on that. The reason why is I'm, I'm actually sure. attending a wedding today. Oh, are you really? Yeah, that's the reason why I'm playing wedding songs. So close and yet so far away, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Out in Montgomery. Got to make a haul. Okay. Well, that's not bad. It's, it's, at least it's not a destination wedding where somebody calls up and says, Hey, great news. I'm getting married. Oh, yeah, that's nice, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to invite you, too. Really cool. Where's the wedding going to be? Uh, Costa Rica. Is that a problem for you? We're going to be down there a week and a half. <laughs> yes, it is. You can get some time off, right? It's not It's not that much money. You know, and the, and the hotel said they're going to give us a, a 10% discount. Whoa. On your nine nights you're staying there. Exactly. Oh, I don't think so. I'm not much of a traveler. I, I, since I've moved back down to Houston, I've been invited to so many college weddings back in Amarillo. Oh and it's God, just yeah, like, congratulations. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Send a gift card. I, I'm not that cold. I mean, at this point in my life, if somebody had one and we were invited, uh, maybe we could try to go. Maybe we could try to go. But back when I was at the age when my friends and my wife's friends were getting married, I don't know if we'd have really wanted to drop three, four, five grand, ten grand on a wedding trip to watch somebody else get married. I heard a comedian talking about that. You're going to spend all that money to, to go to a party to celebrate people who are going to break up in two years, three years, five years, whatever it is. He had a pretty good bid on it, too. I'll have to maybe see if I can. If I hear it again, I'll I'll see who it is, and um, we may play some of it just for giggles. 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. I want to go back and take a look at some of my ding. Okay, good. Oh, oh, Dennis says he knows what's causing my shoulder problem. Oh, this, yeah. Now I keep reading. Now, well, what is it? Says it's called old. Stop it, man. Interesting. Not, yeah, bold talk. Bold talk, Dennis. I'm, I'm not that old, and I'm not in that bad a physical condition right now. I'm capable of swinging. I'm, I'm modeling myself after one of the guys who plays in the retired guys group on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Fridays out at Blackhawk. He is 94 years old. He has not much clubhead speed left, as you would imagine. His his muscle his muscle structure has kind of diminished over the years. And at 94, you would expect him to be a little less muscular than he was at 34. But he still can turn. He still makes a very full turn for someone his age. And he plays from the front tees to about a, I think maybe a 12 handicap, maybe 12, 14, something, somewhere in there. Not bad at all. 
So take that, Dennis. I'm, I'm I can still move. I and I've never had any of this formally worked on. If I had, I think I would be in in far better shape. Especially my left shoulder's gone. It's just it's torn to pieces and. Um, I know why it's torn to pieces, and I don't think it could be fixed now. Now, my guy tells me maybe he could fix that shoulder, but I don't want to give up six months of of what's probably some of the best golf I've ever played in my life just to maybe get back something. Well, who knows what I might get back, if anything, so I don't want to do that. Rick Bice weighs in. He says, what appeared to be an... An organized strategic bomb attack by four Red Hawks scattered my ducks. I love watching Hawks and Eagles and Falcons do what they do with their prey. It's it's fascinating. You've got to spend a lot of time out there. You've got to be around a lot of birds to, to witness the act of one bird preying on another and figuring out how to catch something to eat. But it's fascinating if you if you invest the hours, you're going to see some cool stuff. Ah, let's see. David weighs in with a big cat story. Let's see what that says. About 20 years ago, my dad, brother, and I were hunting off 2004, I know where that is, in a rice field when I knocked down a goose. It landed about 100 yards from us. I got up to go get it. A big cat came out of the rice, picked up the goose, turned around. Is there more? There may be more. Yeah. Holy cow. There you go. That cat had learned. Well, the cat had learned it. it could sneak. I guarantee you a mountain lion could sneak up on geese easily and get one. You find them up against a levee somewhere. You just if you're a big cat, it's very easy to creep down the backside of a levee and then you poke your little eyeballs up over the top of that levee through some rice stubble, figure out which one you want for lunch, put a beeline, just put a target on its back and take two steps and jump and you're gonna catch one. Wow, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um David's back in. Yeah. <laughs> Modeling my swing after a 94-year-old, says Dennis. Yeah. We're two years apart, he says. Yeah, it's okay. We need to go play some golf sometime then. Doesn't take much to get me out, that's for sure. I, I can't wait till we get more daylight back as well, because right now, my new schedule of, of Tuesday through Friday live on KPRC with 50-plus is, is making it difficult to get out of the office early enough to finish 18 holes of golf in the afternoon. It'll be a lot easier come summertime when I can get out of here around 2.30, maybe even 3 o'clock and still go play 18 holes. I used to go pick my, and I still do, in summertime or toward the summer and spring once daylight savings time starts and go pick him up from school or in, and even in the fall. Pick him up from school, take him straight to the golf course, and we can get in 18 holes and do an hour of fishing. Holy cow. Keith just sent me a shot of the Gulf of Mexico. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Taken this morning, and that is just about as flat and low as the Gulf of Mexico can get. He is on, the picture is taken from the Accurat surf cams. I know them well. There's one on Beach Drive down there in Surfside. And overlooking the beach, that screenshot he took from Accurat's is probably one of the most dramatic low tides I've seen in a while. you got to remember, we've had a day and a half now of hard northwest wind shoving all the water out of the bay. I suspect the bays are several feet low this morning as well. If you're familiar with Beach Drive, you know that the water typically laps up against the rock breakwater that was constructed there after, I think it was after Ike that they redid that and did it all with big granite blocks. From that big pile of granite blocks up and down Beach Drive to the water, just to where the water starts, I would say is a good 60 to maybe at least 50 yards. I'll call it 50 yards. And then there's just a little tidal pool there out to what would typically be the second bar, maybe even the third. And that thing's almost dry as well. It's sticking out of the water. You can see the sand out there, no question about it. That's the flattest and lowest I've seen in the Gulf of Mexico in years. No question about it. I'm going to have to run to the the cams at the saltwater recon and see what they're looking like this morning, too. I hadn't even thought about that. With all that northwest wind, pushed all that water out yesterday, and now would be the time, if you want to get out there, now would be the time to go take a hard look at your favorite fishing spots and figure out where, oh, where. Why is this thing not letting me? Oh, I haven't signed in, I guess. Let me log in here so I can get that. Tell you what, we'll take a little break here. On the way back, I'll tell you what I find at Saltwater Recon and take a look at a couple of these cameras and see just how low this water is at some of the places that I like to fish and you like to fish. On the way out, another mention for Belleville Meat Market out there, your backyard barbecue headquarters, tailgating headquarters, hunting season headquarters. It has been since, what, September, October, somewhere in there when we started up. Off you go, all the way through hunting season, an entire building devoted to processing wild game, and boy, do they do it well. Everything you take to them, all that good meat gets hacked away from those bones. It gets processed exactly how you want it off a big menu of options. And then it comes back to you vacuum sealed in heavy gauge plastic so it can last a long, long time. In the meat market itself, you can find all those flavors of premium sausage, beef, chicken, and pork. You've got appetizers. You've got handmade tamales. You've got all these delicious things all stacked up in one little store, very easy to find on Highway 36 in the middle of the little town of Belleville. Been out there since the 1980s. The Poffenberger family owns that place. Great people. They're outdoors people. That's why they they thought years ago, several years ago now, they thought, you know, deer hunters deserve a better experience when they're dropping off their animals than just having to go around to the back and walk it up some greasy old ramp to a screen door with a bare bulb, lighten it up. No, no, we needed better. They built an entire building that they devote to that process every hunting season. 
Go check it out for yourself. Take the family out there. Get some lunch. BellevilleMeatMarket.com's website. If you can't get out there, by the way, get to that website and have anything in the store. Just about. I don't think they'd send you a side of beef. Maybe. Just about anything in the store will sent, be sent right to your door. BellevilleMeatMarket.com. Your Rockets and Astros live here. We are Sports Talk 790. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. I wasn't supposed to do anything else during that break because I have been absolutely mesmerized by the images I'm looking at along the beaches of Galveston and Surfside right now. The beach at Galveston at the 91st Street Pier, at the 91st Street Pier, the water appears to, to start in earnest probably out where the the pier itself takes that little jog which is almost halfway out the pier i'm looking at surfside now and i actually popped a screenshot of it that i may post somebody's get, somebody else has control of the camera so i can't make it go where i want it to go oh no now i'm in i want to scroll this way Let's see if that'll move that camera where i want it to move and then i'll tell you about it actually i'm going to bury it over in this direction that's where i want it so here's the deal the water, oh no, don't go that way. Don't go that way. Go back my other way. That's where I wanted to go. There it goes. There it goes. There, the water in earnest, the, the actual water line that has no more sand in front of it, is a good 75 or 100 yards off the beach drive, off the rocks down toward the jetty and all that. And the sandbars are very clearly delineated the gaps between the bars, which is where you would really want to fish most when springtime comes and there are trout in that surf, are plain as day. If somebody's not taking pictures of all this right now, I wish we could get an overhead shot. I need to zoom out. That's what I need to do. Let's go back this way and zoom out so I can see more. It's just fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating. I've never seen it this low, and I've lived here almost all my life. I've never seen the water this low. It's just amazing. I want to see more. I want to see more. That's one thing that Cliff Webb taught me down there fishing the surf along the North Padre Island seashore. Is you've, it, It's nice when the water's flat, but if you want to learn the water, it needs some bumps on it so you can tell where the sandbars are and of e even greater importance where they're not. Because the predators tend to hang out and the prey tends to flush through the areas where there are little gaps in the bottom of those sandbar in the in the sandbars on the bottom where the current can exchange easily and those fish can move kind of undetected more or less from deeper water to shallower water and the reverse on the outgoing tide. Where there's a gap in a sandbar is where most of the action is going to be. Now, you might catch some fish here, there, or anywhere moving up and down because those fish do move. But, man, the view that we've got right now on this camera is invaluable. It tells you, it, you scratch your head a little bit and you go, okay, now I know why the waves are breaking there. Now I know why those waves do what they do on the low tide, do what they do on the high tide. 
It's fascinating. Fascinating. I'm just just spellbound. <sighs> Let's back away, shall we? I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from here. Go back to the mailbag. See what's up. Um, that's good. That's good. Oh, I'm still looking at that. All right, we're up, we're up to date. Thank goodness. I'll give you one. There's. Hold on. Let me find my little sheet of uh, bits and pieces that I brought in here today. Oh, I didn't leave them, did I? No, no, no. Yes, that's yesterday's. Where did I put them? I know I brought them down here. What have I done with them? Ryan, oh no. I don't know where that stuff is. I'll have to go hunt it. Maybe I did leave it down in the other office. I'll find out. In any event, uh, one interesting thing that came out recently, uh, and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's kind of funny. Some guy in South Dakota made a bunch of brownies, a bunch of special brownies. Did you see that story? I did not. He made a bunch of special brownies, and his 73-year-old mom found them and thought maybe she and her friends at the senior center would enjoy them. Well, of course. And this feels straight out of a movie. People at the... I know. Out of almost any Cheech and Chong movie. Any comedy, yeah. Yeah. Straight out of there, they went to the senior center, and a lot of those people thought they'd been food poisoned. They thought all kinds of weird things were going on, which actually weren't. Which actually were not. There are a couple of things I'm going to have to go down and get that paperwork, because I do want to share. I do want to share with this audience. So they were thought they were poisoned. They didn't, I guess, turn in to have a good time, have a party. They didn't kumbaya. They didn't do any of that. It was more of a panic, it sounds yeah, they, like. They were, well, the reason that the authorities were called and the reason the staff kind of figured out, I'm sure some of the staff members may have recognized the smell or recognized the the unusual-looking ingredients in the brownies. Well, that's the thing. If it's, you know, if it's a brownie, there's maybe no smell. It's pretty much only going to be taste, if Is I had right? to guess. Yeah. I have no idea. I'd, so, and, and you would think, though, if senior citizens are walking around with red eyes, that maybe they would... And giggling. And I giggling, think the giggling yeah. would have given it away. Right. All right, so let's let's just move away from that, and I'll go pick up those other things that I wanted to share, because they really are good, and I have no idea what I did with them. I cannot believe I left them on the desk down there. They may be in the kitchen. I may have left them when I went... Probably. But, yeah. Made all, all that I'm, coffee. I'm going, you know what? Let's go to this break early, and I'll go hunt that paperwork down, because there are some things that I wanted to share, uh, not that are as cool as seeing a cougar in a rice field, not that are as cool as... Uh, for me, one time, I had some guys on a on a goose hunt. Had a big spread out up next to, what was that creek between Katie and, and Hockley? Big creek that runs across the road, under the road, actually, up there. A decent-sized bridge. And we were tucked into a piece of that creek... Um, Creekside, just outside the the tree line and whatnot, and about I don't know seven thirty eight o'clock in the morning, this guy goes, "Hey man, there's a buck," and I turned around and our closest decoy to the woods was probably 100, 150 yards, and we were buried up in that spread pretty well, so that deer didn't even really know we were there, and the wind favored us if we'd have been hunting deer, and that buck walked all the way out to those rags and full-body goose decoys and was giving them a real once-over trying to figure out what they were why they weren't flying away it was just it was a fairly young deer but it was fascinating to watch that animal and i think one of the guys in the in the spread threw a dirt clod at it or something like that and scared it back into the woods but nonetheless it was i'd never seen deer and geese interact like that and haven't since it was just 
One of those things you just have to be there to see. All right, let's take this break. Seven, no, it's not seven anything anymore, except maybe in California. It's 942. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is Sports Talk 790. On the go with iHeartRadio. Friends, you've got to try it. The conversation continues. This is the Doug Pike Show. Wedding songs? Golly, I can't believe so. Uh, I guess they make sense, you know, now that I see them and, and have it in context, but I don't think I would have gotten to wedding playlist because I haven't been to a wedding in quite a few years. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I was trying to play, like, the classics. I wasn't going to play any more modern-day wedding music. I was trying to play the hits, you know. <laughs> Stay in my wheelhouse trying. I was trying. Trying. Did your best. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, so I do have one story that I can I can tie to the outdoors pretty easily here. Science story this week, the first pig-to-human heart transplant. Did you see that? I did not. Yes, a man, a man had a pig's heart placed in his chest, and it's thumping along, and it's got him running. That's awesome. So here's what I'm looking at. I'm, I'm a forward thinker, okay? Okay. So now, instead of looking at all these wild hogs in Texas as a nuisance that costs ranchers millions and billions of dollars every year, those are organ donors. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I'm assuming this is a game changer for the future. I don't know that I would want to know that I got a pig heart. I think if I just woke up and they said, yeah, congratulations, we've transplanted, got you a new heart. I would not have to want to. I would not have to want to ask who or what donated the heart. I just want to say who. I'd yeah. like to know, actually. I, you know, because someone's someone's family needs to know that 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 person they lost. Um, you know that the organ donor did a good thing and it saved somebody else. I. I don't have any problem with somebody using whatever spare parts they could haul out of me when I'm done. I really don't. But I'm I don't know what would be of use at this point. I think right. it whatever. We gotta get on. But off you're that. not open to the the pig part. You're not open to getting a, a pig. I'm not ready for a, a pig heart, but then again, if it's all that's left, then we're we're completely out. You're you're way down the list for a human heart transplant, but man, have you seen the pigs on that ranch? <laughs> we got some available. We got a bunch. We got a millions just in texas yeah that's i don't know that's it's a new era certainly in medicine and we're we're crossing bridges that we never thought we'd be able to cross and i just man, who knows how long i might live if i just take care of myself a little bitty bit i have here this is something i've been wanting to talk about and it really kind of irked me let me find about this woman uh, a judge, and I want to find out exactly where she is. Where did it go? Doggone it. That's not it. That's not it. Teacher, coffee, man. Where did it go? Oh, come on. It's got to be here. A judge up north somewhere. I wish I could find the state it was in. I don't see it, though. But this judge had a guy in her court who was um, who had been issued a citation because his yard wasn't mowed properly. His yard wasn't mowed low enough or t- 
tightly enough or whatever. It just it was a clutter and it had become an eyesore in the neighborhood. Two things happened. One, the judge actually she and she's been ripped online for this. She gave him all kinds of grief for not taking care of his yard and fined him $100 and said that she would have thrown him in jail if she could have. You know what the problem is? This guy whose yard that looked like that, 72 years old and a cancer patient. Okay, so two questions. Number one, where is this, this judge's compassion from the bench, if, there, if any? I, I, don't, I don't see it in that situation. And number two... What kind of neighbors do you have that they wouldn't volunteer to come over and mow your lawn when they know you're being treated for cancer and maybe you're just too weak to do it yourself? If you knew somebody was in that kind of a pickle and they were going to be fined $100 if they didn't mow their lawn, wouldn't you go over there and mow their lawn, Ryan? I yeah, would. Yeah, that's normally the, the common courtesy. You know, we, I'd mow it with hedge clippers if I had to. My uncle used to do it uh, for my grandma and her neighbors. So, yeah, I, I'm very confused by this. I believe it took place in New York. Was it New York? Well, the New York Post therein. posted it, uh, okay. and it, the Google search says it's in New York, but the article's not saying it's in New York. But you know, well, it wouldn't surprise me. But wherever it was, it was just that's just so callous and so so discompassionate. There's just no human humanity in that. Be is it? Give the guy a week. Give the guy a week and tell him to call his neighbors and see if they'll come over and help him out. That's what I was suggested. A couple miles north of Detroit. A couple miles north That's of Detroit. That's where it was. It was That's in Detroit. Sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Oh, well. I, it wouldn't happen in my neighborhood, I can assure you, because almost everybody I know in that neighborhood, now every neighborhood has its oddities, but everybody I know in there and hang around with a little bit, I think amongst us, if the word got out that somebody needed something done or they were going to get in big trouble with the HOA, then we would kind of rally to help them get it done. If they would allow that. You know, there's some people who just get off my lawn. But, yeah, I'd have to do something. I'd have to do something. Let's see. Billy weighed in with an email. So the game cameras you talked about yesterday can be used to show live shots and waypoints and whatnot. Evidently, Boone and Crockett has announced, oh, yeah, I did see this. That if they're used on the land in which a deer is taken, that deer will not count in their scoring system. This is the deal that now people are using their game cameras, they're using drones, and apparently Boone and Crockett is, is saying that does not follow the rules of fair chase. Uh, Billy continues, since they can be put all over the property, people can easily move straight to the deer or follow wherever the deer is in real time. They said it's considered an unfair stalk and kill. Also, any of the scopes that can do automatic bullet drops and wind speed compensation are not going to be allowed either in consideration of records. A couple of other things that slipped his mind for now, he says, but when I mentioned the cameras, that brought up those two things. Here's the deal. Let me tell you what's kind of taken the the wind out of the Boone and Crockett sales more than anything else. And that's genetics. Genetics. You could, you can put a deer on your property now that comes from the, uh, a doe and a buck that both have outstanding antler genes 
and in four or five years have yourself something guaranteed to make the record books. Now, I'm not a big fan of that, uh, especially when it's taken to extreme, because whilst it may get somebody into the Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young book as, a, as an official qualifying animal, that animal's not... Oh, it was kind of manufactured. Some of those things look like to me, and, and I'm not knocking the deer business. Boy, it's a, it's a it's a it's a fascinating thing, and it's amazing to see those animals in the wild. And I love what can be done, but a lot of that is just so far out there. When you look at these animals walking around with these monstrous, monstrous racks of antlers, it just go look like a a wintertime ligustrum bush. Or a frozen ligustrum with all the all the leaves have fallen off and you just got this giant shrub on their heads. It doesn't it doesn't appeal to me, but that's just me. A lot of people love it. I enjoy seeing those deer. If I'm out sitting in a stand somewhere and one of them walks out, it, it's interesting. Uh, but that's just not that's not where I am as a deer hunter. I've I've gotten to take some nice bucks. Nothing at all like that the biggest one i've got i want to say is maybe a one almost 160 and that's it but they all have stories behind them they all were fair chase animals and most of my better deer came from places on ranches where nobody really hunts where nobody had wanted to be where nobody'd seen that animal and that appeals to me more than anything else being able to go out and gosh already go out and rely on my own resources all right thanks for the wedding songs today I'm not sure what theme you'll have next week if you can get onto any of these beachfront cameras and study the the sandbars that are exposed completely exposed right now i guarantee if you know what you're doing you know what you're looking at you can catch more fish next spring and fall and summer spring and summer and fall if you get a chance if you want to watch or listen to 50 plus you can do that now live monday well tuesday through th- through friday on kprc recorded versions all day yesterday and one more today on ktrh that's it for now i'll be back next week get outside have some fun with your family it's absolutely gorgeous out there if you haven't been there yet take a look around smell some fresh air adios Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.